Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. How do I pray effectively? Episode 8 of the Prayer and Fasting series. Remember your place before the throne, your place beside your Father, and your secret place filled with His sweet reward. Here's Jacqueline. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I sit before you as your daughter, circled with my sisters, and we hold our hands up and open our hearts and open our ears and our minds and our thoughts and ask you just to overwhelm them. I pray that our cup will be so full of you today that it just spills out, spills out over the life that we're circled with right now. Lord, put rest over that statement. I pray that you'll spill out your joy, your love, your peace, your person out of us upon our children. I pray that you'll hear the prayers in our hearts with that right now. Lord, I pray that you'll pour us over our grandchildren, pour us over our marriage. Lord, there's prayers in our hearts right now. Hear those prayers. I pray for this sister that is literally sitting right next to us today. We don't know the prayer on her heart, but you do. And I pray that you'll help us to pour your love over her, whether we know her or not. Help us to pour your love over the stranger, the sister, the friend sitting next to us today. Lord, that we encourage one another. That's what we're here for. To lift one another up in the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less, just you. I pray that your scripture will make it so real today. I give you this day, I give you this passage, and I pray that you'll go before us like you always do. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. 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 James chapter one. Are we excited? So we have a little inside joke. There's a couple girls in here that don't know. You'll learn quick. Sometimes we say we're going to study a passage and we don't because the Lord goes before us. And we thank the Lord every day for going before us. We were supposed to do James one a couple weeks ago. We were studied up. We were nervous. We had a big girl pants on. We were going to dive into James one. And we said, just kidding. God said, never mind. And we went to Matthew six. So I go over my syllabus for the final question of our question series of prayer and fasting and the passage connected with how do I pray effectively was Matthew six. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good passage for how to pray effectively. And God's like, no, James one. And I literally giggled. If you had that moment in your prayer life yet, where you sit with the Lord and you're just giggling, like you just did that again. So I open up James one. And when we were going to do James one a couple of weeks ago, it was going to be the, the second half, the doing and the hearing and making sure we always say like, you have to be a doer, not just a hearer, but you have to hear. Sometimes we focus on, oh, I need to be a doer. I need to be a doer. And we forget to hear. So that was going to be the message. So there you go. Got that one out of the way. Today, we're going to focus on the first part of James one. How do I pray effectively? Have you had that question? And does that question sit in your head and lead to a place of self-doubt where I don't know how to pray effectively? I can't pray effectively. So I'm just going to step back a little bit so I don't disappoint myself. Have you ever disappointed yourself in prayer? And you think you're disappointing God, but you're not disappointing God because can you? In your prayer life, can you disappoint God? I hope you know deep inside yourself, you can't. But sometimes you want to pray so effectively that it hurts. 
that we try so hard that we drain ourselves. So how do we? How do I pray effectively? That's the question. My prayer is that we'll see that in James 1 and not ask um, how to pray effectively in our own selves. That we'll take off that pressure that, okay, I have my checklist. I know that the outcome I want, so I'm going to pray effectively so I can see that outcome. Because if I can see that outcome, then I'm an effective prayer warrior. And we get self-doubt. And we wonder why we can't pray hard enough or long enough. And again, we disappoint ourselves because our outcome isn't there yet. Have you been there? We hear the passage, move mountains, and we want to literally move mountain. Good. Have that desire. Jesus says, move that mountain. But the topic today is how do I pray effectively? How do I get outcome to my prayer? My sister question for you is, can you shift the outcome that you're looking for? So that every prayer, no matter what all prayer, no matter what all supplication you lay before the king, you see the outcome and that the outcome is found in this passage. Not the outcome that you can physically see, not the outcome that you're really praying for, not that car, not that land, not that house, not that marriage, not that children, not that fill in the blank, but that outcome that we need as a prayer warrior. Okay, this is our scripture today. James 1. James 1 says, James, a servant of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that I look up and everybody's looking at me. Jacqueline's going to talk again. <laughs> My favorite thing about this introduction and all the letters, right? The author starts with his name and an identity. Do you know that James grew up as a baby with a brother named Jesus? Do you know James lived his entire life with a brother whose name was Jesus? Do you know James did not believe anything more than the fact that he had a brother named Jesus? Do you know he could say that? I'm James. I didn't even believe my own brother. He knew his past story. He knew himself before he knew Jesus, the Christ, the risen one, but that wasn't his identity. Can I encourage you right now? Drop that. That's just a side point. Drop that. James says, I could have said who I am, but I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm a servant of God and I'm a servant of not my brother, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where he stands. He doesn't even stand on his own platform. You know, he stayed in Jerusalem. When everything happened in Acts, James stayed in Jerusalem. He was the pastor of the Christian Jews in Jerusalem. He was the pastor of the very first Christian church in Jerusalem, that status. He didn't identify himself on his own platform. He says, I'm James, my name, I'm a servant of God, and I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am. That's who you are. If you want to write anything down on our amazing study guide papers that are always available and I never know how they show up, write that on your paper, your name servant of God, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and remind yourself, that's who I am. This letter is written to the Christian Jews that were spread abroad, and there's a lot of history we can say in this one verse. We're not going to do a history lesson. Encourage you, though, go to BibleGateway.com, do a history lesson. It's brilliant. It's powerful. We're going to go into scripture and talk about effective prayer. Verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. 
and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and that you may be complete and that you are lacking in nothing. James 1 verses 2 and 3 and 4, I have a feeling are not completely brand new for some of us. Some of us may have read this once before. Some of us may have memorized this at summer camp and got an award for memorizing James 1. And perhaps that award is still sitting on your desk. Perhaps it's a little Oswald Chambers devotional. Perhaps your story is the same as mine. I memorized James 1 when I was 16. I didn't meet this verse until I was 17, though. Count it all joy. I'm at Bible college, rebellious, telling God, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be associated with these Christians. All I want to do is talk to you and read your word. Stop my foot. That was my rebellion. It got worse, but that's where it's, that's, that's that season, right? We don't need all seasons all at the same time. And I met this verse when I was a student at Word of Life Bible Institute in Screen Lake, New York. 1995. Count it all joy. And I'm like, God, I hate the hypocrisy. I hate when leaders are saying, love the Lord, and they're hurting you at the same time. I'm done with it. I want to talk to you, and I want to read your word, and that's it. I'm out. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. I can tell you specific moments around that campus where I would have conversations with God or conversations with humans, and God's like, count it all joy. Ugh. Joy. <laughs> count it all joy. Literally, physically, verbally, count it joy. It changes things. Count it joy. Since 1995, when I met this verse, like met how the power of this verse, to 2021, do you know I've met a couple of different trials? If you go back to 1995 in your head, are you there? And then you're here today, right? February, 2021. Can you count all the trials that you have faced since 1995 to 2021? <laughs> Do you want to count no. all those? Don't you love age? Age of every kind is good because age means you woke up that day. That's beautiful. It gives you a fresh day in front of you. It's a beautiful thing. James 1, 2 says, count it all joy. When you meet, hello, my name is Jacqueline. What's the name of your trial? Oh, no, I don't want to call you that. I'm going to call you joy. Oh, I have a woman yelling at me, joy. My husband and I are in a fight, joy. My body hurts, joy. Do you have that sentence in your head? Waiting, is Jacqueline going to say that one? Call it joy. You're like, that's really hard. You make it sound so simple because you sit there with a complicated shirt on. Gail's <laughs> <laughs> like this super cute, but super complicated. <laughs> and you sit there with your smile on your face and you say, joy. It makes it easy right here. But what about tomorrow at 1.30 in the afternoon when that trial is in your face? It doesn't say use the right tone. <laughs> practice, right? We've got to practice. Call it joy. In your head, call it joy. When that person is talking, when, that's, when Satan is attacking, when your body is hurting, in your head, say, God, I'm going to call this joy and introduce yourself as Jacqueline, the child of God 
the servant of God, the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I call you joy. Count it joy. There's your homework assignment. Welcome to Women in Cyprus. No homework. Yeah, just wait till you listen to Jacqueline. She gives you homework that you don't want. <laughs> it might not be on paper, but it hurts. Count it joy. All the time. Everything. Every trial. Count it joy. There's no exception, except that there might be. Can I give two? Very, very, very quickly, very sweetly from a sister's heart. It could be self-inflicted. If you have self-affliction, self-abuse, don't call that joy. In fact, right now, if you are self-afflicting yourself, and I don't need to go into details, that person knows what this is. Will you write on a piece of paper right now what you're doing to yourself? Put it in one word. Can you write that down? Get a Sharpie and write the word joy over that and say, I'm not going to self-afflict myself anymore. I refuse to self-afflict myself anymore. Instead, I'm going to fill myself with the joy of the Lord. And you say, I can't do that by myself. Congratulations. You just said the first truth you needed to say. Do you know there is a friend sitting right next to you that you could say, I don't know you, but will you look at my word for accountability? Not that brave, will you be? <laughs> and then you've got somebody instantly praying for you and you're no longer alone. I'm self-afflicting myself. My thoughts about myself, the way I'm eating, the way I'm moving, the way I'm not moving, the way I fill in the blank. That's not a trial being put at you. That's you. You are the only one that can change it. You have to make that choice. Is that fair? That's your sister word. Number two, abuse. If you're being abused in any way, that's not a trial intended for life. That is not what this passage is talking about. Abuse is not earned. You don't deserve it. Do you hear that? You do not deserve it. If there is an issue of abuse in your life and you think, okay, that's my, that's my cross to bear. I'm going to call it joy. That's taking scripture and completely using it the way Satan uses it. Don't do that. Abuse is not meant for you. Reach out for help. Women inseparable, we're here to help. Okay, so that, can you just put that on the side? If those words are for you, please don't leave them by yourself. To scripture, this is what it says. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. You kind of don't have an out. <laughs> You're like, but here's my, no, various kinds. <laughs> That's everything. Variety pack. There you go. Welcome to life. Verse three, for, you know, take that personal and ask yourself, is that a true sentence for, you know, that there's purpose and testing. Do you know that? Do you want to know that? <laughs> you can choose not to know that it's not going to help you, but you have that choice. <laughs> You've got that right. Do you know that there's a purpose behind the testing? And then the second question is, are you, have you ever studied for your test? My son's in ninth grade. Sometimes I have this statement come out of my mouth. Have you studied for your history test? And I say sometimes because he was supposed to beauty of homeschool. He was supposed to take this test on Friday. Today's Thursday. Don't judge me. <laughs> But I've said the words every day, a couple times a day, have you studied for your test? 
And there's different ways, right? Our mom brain just click, kicked in. There's different ways we can study. We can make note cards. We can do verbal. We can draw a picture. We can illustrate, whatever. Steady. You know how you study, steady. Do you know how you study? You personally, how do you study? You know test is coming. We just reevaluated from 1995 or fill in whatever year to 2021. We've had a couple of tests, a couple of trials. Have you ever studied for them? If we've had them, we know they're coming, so why aren't we studying for them? Light bulb. You want to know how do I pray effectively? Prepare. Let your prayer of effectiveness be for your next trial. This verse will tell you what will happen if you do. Let your prayer life, your fasting life be, God, I'm going to spend this hour, this two hours, this lunch, this fill in the blank. You're working on your fasting life. I don't know how to finish that sentence for you. Only you and Jesus know how to fill that sentence in. But say, I'm going to put my fasting life, my prayer life for my test that is coming. And I don't need to know when it's coming. I don't know who's going to be bringing it. I don't need to know what various kind of trial it is. I'm praying for it right now. Kind of makes you a little excited, oddly, for your test. Kind of curious. You're like that student that purposely sits in the front row for that test. Because you're like, I studied. <laughs> And I'm so scared to see what that number is going to be. I'm so scared to see if I got that 75 that I've worked really hard for. Maybe that student, 75 is brilliantly fulfilling for some of us. Some of us, we'd die if we got a 99.5. <laughs> know who you are and keep who you are on this table. Know that your great is coming from your king your God, your father. We just talked about that last week. He is your dad. Trust him. He's the one that's going to be giving you the grade for your test. So why aren't we studying with him? Be ready. The test is going to come. The trial is going to come. Don't be shocked. Oh, life was hard today. <laughs> why did that happen? Well, I think you're alive. I don't know. <laughs> human hurts it's hard trials are going to come life is going to be hard a fight is around the corner but what would happen if next time you're prepared you've prayed up that my friend is how you pray effectively isn't that cool in a kind of in a way it's like okay we're done there's the answer pray ahead of time but what about the, the reward? We talked about rewards, right? Matthew 6. When you pray with the Father in your secret place, you get a reward from the Father in your secret place. When you fast with the Father in your secret place, you get a reward from the Father in your secret place. There's a reward just spilled out for all of us right here. Look at this. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. You don't have to make it happen. You have to pray. And as you pray in preparation for your trial, as you pray in preparation for the testing of your faith to see what that grade is going to be, you can stand back and say, I see my grade. I stood. My feet are a little bit more sure. I stayed. I didn't want to go and I showed up. And I didn't do that on my own. I did that because God was with me. And I was there because I prayed ahead of time. Trials come. Testings come. Are you going to? Are you standing there? 
Are you steadfast? That's good. There's a thousand things I want to say. And God's like, no, just keep it right there. So if the Lord is saying something on your heart, listen. Because what he has to say is so much better than anything that'll come from my little lips. Verse four says, and let steadfastness have its full effect. That you, and here you go, listen to this. That you individually may be what? Perfect. And that you may be what? Complete. Stop there. We've been working on our prayer and fasting for eight weeks. That's a long time. They say you form a habit in three 28-day cycles. Have you heard that? You do one habit for 28 days. And then you do that same habit for another 28 days. If you do that same habit for another 28 days, it's sealed. I'll side psychology for you. We're eight weeks in. Have you been practicing and walking and growing in your prayer and fasting life? Our challenge this week is, can you put one word? Can you identify your prayer and fasting life in one word? Anybody do that challenge? By the expressions on the face, I'm going to guess not. That's okay, <laughs> because we don't do homework. It's fine. <laughs> I know my leaders did, because I do. I, anything I ask you guys to do, I've done. Just to say. Jacqueline's like, these are so hard. I know. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> But I encourage you, think back when you came into the study. Okay, I need to go. I heard this over and over. I need to go. I need my prayer fasting. Like, yeah, I need this study. So we came in kind of like uncertain, right? We all came in a little uncertain, prayer and fasting. And then here we are eight weeks later. Are you still as uncertain as you were eight weeks ago? Or is there a little bit more steadfastness in your prayer life? And I love when I asked if you did the challenge, the faces were like, don't look at me. She's looking at me. Don't look at me. And then I talk about the steadfastness and the smiles and the shifts in the seat. You guys are doing, we're doing the work together. I've seen a change in my prayer and fasting in the last eight weeks. And this challenge that we presented this week, I sat with the Lord and I'm like, God, I want to review the last eight weeks. You have rocked my world and stretched me in my fasting life through this eight weeks. And my word was mine. How would my one word that I put over prayer and fasting? It's mine. I'm like a three-year-old. <laughs> but hey, you know, what do you do? That was my word. It doesn't have to be like the perfect word, the 100% word. What's your word? It's your word be between you and Jesus. How would you define your prayer and fasting life? Maybe it's one of these words. Maybe you say, when I'm in the presence of my king, I feel perfect. Not because of me, but because I can feel that I'm in the mind of Christ. I can feel the spirit of life. I can feel my father in front of me. I am beside my brother, Jesus Christ. And I just feel perfect in his love. Maybe that's your word. Maybe complete. I've prayed all my prayers. I've prayed all my supplications. And I'm planning on doing it again because my prayers and supplications are still there, which is so great because you keep in communication with your father. And you feel just complete like that blanket wrapped around you. Nothing, nothing could be better. Maybe that's your word. And this is what's beautiful about praying effectively. Those last three words. When you pray effectively, it doesn't mean that you got the exact outcome that you're praying for in every checklist on every prayer list that you have. It means that you are lacking in nothing. And some of us are still thinking, but my prayer has still not been answered you're missing a point. Can I say that as a sister? You may want to go back to a previous lesson 
because our prayer life is not about what's tangible, right? Have you learned that? It's not about getting the answers to our prayer requests. It's about being with our king. And I know how beautiful that is. And when you're there and you're perfect and you're complete, you get that sentence. I'm lacking in nothing. What more could I even ask for? I have you. You have me. I see myself where I am. Daughter of God. Sister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer warrior. Who prays effectively. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this gift of prayer. I thank you so much for the gift of smiles. I thank you for the gift of facial expressions. Lord, I enjoy them so thoroughly. I absolutely love that you allow me to read your scripture publicly and just teach. I don't know why you let me do this, but I love it with my whole heart. And I thank you. I thank you for my girlfriends that I get to study scripture with day, uh, day after day. We study scripture together in person every once in a while, but we're studying scripture every day together, united together in your word, held together in your hand. And I thank you so much for this opportunity. I pray it shall be with the words that were spoken today through your word, through my lips, and through your Holy Spirit. I pray it shall help us to hear what we needed to hear today. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you are being abused, get help. You are a precious child of God. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline.